Salesflare and this is Founder Coffee. Every two weeks I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings in an intimate talk getting to know the person behind the company. For this eighth episode I had a chat with Hannah Chaplin, co-founder of Receptive, the software that streamlines your product management. Hannah started working as a receptionist at a software company then founded the development agency and has had several SaaS and e-commerce companies ever since. We chat about brilliant SaaS companies, the importance of users' feedback and learning, the virtues of GDPR, and about how we ended up where we are now. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi, Hannah. Great to have you on Founder Coffee. Thank you. I've actually got a cup of coffee, so it's, you know, we're doing this right, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, me too on my side. Perfect, uh, perfect. It's, it's almost finished, but uh, I'll, may, maybe we can stop halfway and I get another one. Yeah, we'll make, put some, um, could you put a bit of music in halfway through so people could just listen to that while we make a drink? Well, don't tell the people that I edit it, so. <gasps> uh, yeah. Secrets out. Yeah. <laughs> so you are a founder of uh, Receptive. Uh, for for those who don't know Receptive yet, maybe you're not in, in SaaS or something and you, you don't know the awesome tools to manage your product, uh, manage your product management, I should say, probably. Uh, what does Receptive do? So uh, Receptive... Um, enables uh, SaaS companies, so specifically for, for SaaS, B2B SaaS, if you want to get super precise, but mm-hmm. we help um, companies when they start to scale or reach enterprise level. Product feedback is a huge problem. Um, so we've got a system that helps those companies uh, collect the feedback from customers, the teams internally and the, the market as well. Um, they've got loads of really cool reporting and analytics so they can really understand that that data and make sure that everybody is is working on the you know the things that really count. Yeah. So you basically get feedback, then you organize it, connect it to features and stuff, uh, prioritize. Is that correct? Or? Yeah, exactly. So all the feedback's prioritized on going. We've got like a really nice dashboard. It's a really lovely customer experience and they can go in and see where things are up to change the priorities because people change their mind all of the time. Um, mm-hmm. We make sure that people are kept up to date and, you know, they understand where, you know, where, where things are at. Um, and then the reporting is, oh, I love it. With, with one click, you can like see what enterprise customers in Germany want versus free trial users, for example. And oh, yeah. you know, really nice, like sliced and diced uh, data to help, uh, you know, decide what gets onto product roadmap. And is it is this somehow connected to other tools? Or? Yeah, we've got a, a few integrations actually. Um, obviously, a lot of uh, the the feedback um, process runs through systems like Salesforce and Zendesk, and you know that that sort of thing. Um, so we're connected in in that sense with, with tools customer facing teams use, uh, where they might receive um, feedback or feature requests. And mm-hmm. then on the other side of that, we're also really nicely integrated with tools like Jira. Um, so in receptive, if you go, yeah, this is perfect. We need to we need to act on this and build it. Um, it automatically like creates your task for your development team, and then works through the way around as well. So receptive's kept up to date, you know, like along the way. Yeah, 
So if I hear it, you, uh, I mean, based on the the tools you mentioned, it's more aimed at bigger companies, I guess. Yeah, I think like when you're smaller, you can get away with a spreadsheet or just getting your feedback in, you know, like Trello. That's what what we used um, mm-hmm. to start. Well, before before receptive days, I hasten to add. But you know, it's at the point where you've got all this feedback coming into all these different teams. You've got sales teams having like hundreds of discussions every day it's really at scale that feedback is a huge problem but also if you do it right it's a massive massive opportunity um it's just getting those processes right and and in place yeah yeah uh, you said you were organizing th- uh, stuff in trello before was that at another company yeah so this is actually the fourth business i've had um second SaaS company um and actually started off in like uh like project management um so we used Basecamp, we used cello when that that came out um mm-hmm. and a few other a few other tools like that really yeah can, can you run us through the the different startups you had yeah yeah so the first do you, I, won't, I won't make it too long don't worry <laughs> yeah no no go ahead the first sort of started was uh, I was about twenty one ish. So I'd worked for I kind of left school and, and got a job um, on the reception desk of a, a software company, yeah. and just kind of got really fascinated by it all and, and really into it. Um, so I started a, a development agency, and we used to put technical teams together and worked with big branding agencies down in, in London, and mm-hmm. we would develop the and kind of implement the, the technical side of the, the projects. Um, and then we had a stock control system company, which was like a SaaS product, mm-hmm. uh, which is where a lot of ideas for receptive uh, like came from. Um, and then in between those couple of things, I was working a lot in uh, e-commerce. So I was running a company doing it's like e-commerce development, running big Magento platforms and, and that sort of thing. So quite a mixture of stuff, really. All mm-hmm. software, though. All, all software stuff. All software stuff. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and if you if you if you were in, in in this kind of things, why did you start as a receptionist? Um, I don't know. I just uh, literally left school and was like, I need a job. So. <laughs> <laughs> what did you study? Um, at school, all sorts. Um, I really was into like music, economics, politics business studies all that sort of thing sport um so i had no idea what i wanted to do did, did you know did you know what you wanted that you wanted to build a company or do oh kind of yeah um actually I, I i knew i was going to become an engineer from when i was 10 years old or so i guess really and that, that, yeah that was because wow. my parents especially my dad he's a hardcore engineer has always led the r&d departments uh, and I knew I, I was going to be an engineer and somehow I knew I wanted to have my own company as well from when I was, uh, 14 or so I started building, uh, websites cool. and then I was already dreaming of having my own web agency. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, there was, there was never any real doubt about that. I always hated the idea of going to work in a big company i actually did did like, you yeah <laughs> how was that, how was that? Was it oh, awful? It was so awful oh i did it for uh for 10 months actually but i i hated it from the start 
I, uh, I had another job after eight uh, and left after 10 months. I actually started at Baxter, if you know that company. No. Well, no. So, so that was a company that you started after you'd had the, the 10 months working for a no, no, no. That was the 10 months. The 10 months oh, were at Baxter. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a pharma company. Ah, what yeah. did you dislike about it? Uh, the uh, corporate way of doing things and the limited mm-hmm. aspect of your job, uh, the lack of feeling of responsibility, um, the way you cannot set the culture yourself, uh, a combination of all these things, actually. Yeah, just all together makes for yeah. difficult work life. Some people are really suited to that, though, aren't they? And I think we must be quite similar in in that sense. Like, I always knew I wanted to start a business. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just did. But I also would have struggled, I think, in the big corporate environment. Yeah. But, you know, I guess every big company is different, like, just like every, every small one is. They're, but, they're different. Actually, in the job after, I was in an agency. Uh, I was doing projects for companies, but also sometimes on-site. And I've done, uh, I think, five, no, five companies. And the differences are huge uh, in terms of uh, how the culture uh, can make you feel different, um, like as a person even, is, yeah. is, is amazing. Uh, just the way people treat you, the, the way people communicate uh, had for me a, a huge impact on my, on my emotional life. Yeah, uh, that's not good. Yeah, gosh. Anyhow, uh, it seems you, you have very broad interests. Uh, did you combine all these studies then or <laughs> how did that work? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really. I, like I say, it was all a bit of a blur. I don't really know what happened. But I ended up actually, while I was doing my first job um, at the software agency, um, I decided to, to like do a degree um, like in my spare time. So I basically didn't have ah, a week okay. or an evening for four years. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I really don't know why, but it was it was fun. So I actually did my degree was in uh, social science and economics. Okay. Um, I really like economics. I don't know why, but it's funny, isn't it? You just find things that are the, the business aspect, maybe, or yeah, yeah, just 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 all of it. I just really enjoyed that that yeah. sort of thing. So I did that while I was um, while I was kind of working. So I'd like just I think I just finished my degree when I set up the the first uh, business. Do you have multiple degrees then, or uh, just the just the one? Oh my gosh, I'm not studying anymore. You, you <laughs> learn too much as a founder, don't you? You feel like you co- well, you are constantly learning and changing, and yeah. feeling like you don't know what you're doing. So you have to go away and just always be on top of that that stuff. So I think for for now, this I don't I wouldn't undertake like a formal qualification for. A, yeah. Um, would you? What What did you study? Um. Actually, I started as an electronical engineer, then in a master's biomedical engineer, and then I did business school. Right. Okay. So you yeah. came up, like you said, with getting into the engineering, wanting to do that from so early, I guess it. it yeah. But then around. I figured I didn't want to be a, really an engineer. I wanted to uh, bring things to people, engineering <laughs> things perhaps, but to people at least. And then I, that's why I did business school. And then I figured I wanted to start my own company. And I figured the best way to do that is probably to be a product manager in a company. And I studied biomedical engineering. So I figured a pharma company. And yeah. that was 
that was wrong. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess never. It's a learning thing, though, isn't it? Nothing's ever yeah. like. Right, if it felt wrong at the time, but I'm sure, like you said, you've bought a lot of what was wrong with that to, you know, make yeah. right and building a company out in a way that, you know, you're happy with, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, were you were you yourself somehow influenced by your family? Uh... Um, I don't know. I guess. Family-wise, my dad works at uh, the university as director of facilities and estates. Um, mm-hmm. So he's into like property management and and all that sort of thing. I, I don't really understand what he, <laughs> what he does, <laughs> but and he does a lot. But it's a very like there's a lot going on there. And my mum was in she was in like nursing and uh, became a scientist. Yeah. Um, and my brother and sister both went down the the medical route. At, well, in in a sense, my sister's a vet and my brother's a doctor. Um, so I was the one that didn't know what I, what yeah. I to do. I was the so one just making it up. <laughs> it was not really your family. Maybe your dad a bit, but may, maybe yeah. a friend or. I honestly have have no idea. It, it's funny, isn't it? I, I kind of feel uh-huh. like I fell into a lot of things, but found by just getting out there and trying stuff I started to work out what I enjoyed doing and that happened mm-hmm. I've always loved computers since I was got uh, an Atari do you remember the Atari I got an Atari when I was six I had an Atari as well <laughs> Did you have one? Yes. well I, my, my dad had one but it, uh, in the end it was standing in my room so ah uh, uh, well it'd be rude not to play on it then wouldn't it if it's there you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My my dad used to build even when I was uh, very small, like when I just started being conscious about things, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad would build these kind of computers that would still start with a cassette player. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool, though. Yeah. That's, That's really cool. So I, I've seen computers since I was really, really small. That's uh, brilliant. Yeah, I think it it does help, doesn't it, having that sort of thing around. And um, like both my kids are really interested in, like we do uh, Scratch, which is a really nice programming language for kids to learn. And we've got yeah. Raspberry Pi knocking about the house. So they both enjoy like making things and and, and that sort of thing. So you, you never know, though. It's, you know, it can, like I, I grew up not, like I say, not really thinking how old much. How old are they already? Uh, they're just about to turn eight and six. Then eight and six, and they already uh, program, so to speak. Well, just with Scratch, but it's so it, yeah. you get the you know like the fundamentals of you know computing down, I guess by well, you know yeah, yeah. building little so. games on there. It's have you have you used Scratch? No, no. It's uh, fun. It's I don't fun. know what the first one first thing probably hacking some scripts in games to cheat or so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so something easy. like that probably <laughs> I don't remember I, at some point I started doing uh, HTML and, and Flash and stuff but yeah HTML is uh, a good place to start isn't it yeah yeah it's easy so. yeah um, like do you know any like other startup founders that you somehow look up to um and why oh that's a good question um yeah definitely and I, th- I think a lot of the time it isn't the like usual suspects or the people with a a big profile i've always really enjoyed um 
kind of meeting other founders and um, a lot of them like fly underneath the radar if, if you like. Yeah. Um, so some good examples, um, Matt Lanham at Gecko Labs, that's a brilliant SaaS company. Oh. Um, he's based up in, in Scotland, he's doing a lot of business over in the States as well though at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just really down to earth and really easy to talk to and there's no... You know what it's like. I think I think some people put up a bit of a front, um, and it's nice to just get honest advice. And he's mm-hmm. definitely one of those people. Um, and I look up to uh, Kevin Beals, who's the CEO at Refract. Um, he builds this uh, like training software that, that SaaS teams use. It's it's, it's brilliant. Um, but he's one of he was one of our angel investors actually, and again he's just. So easy to talk to, really mm-hmm. practical, really down to earth. He's building a business just like we are. Um, yeah. so I think it's more people, people like like that. Um, I guess. Um, what, what about you? Do you have like quite a tight network of, of people around you that that you talk to as well? Yeah, yeah, more and more. Uh, <clears throat> I like to talk to different people that I think are really doing a, a good job. Uh, it's, it's often inspiring. Um, yeah, helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Also with these founder coffees, I get to, uh, talk to a lot of cool people. Um, like, yeah, like cool. as a product, I would say products like, uh, Trello, Slack, Intercom are really inspiring. Um, in the sense that these guys really, maintained a vision uh in a very uh, nice and consistent way uh, and built a product that is just outstanding and that is not as easy as it seems oh my uh, gosh yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's definitely not easy uh, we were talking about intercom yesterday actually because our first SaaS business we were one of the very first users um yeah on, on intercom so it's been we've we've like followed them all the way through and you know they obviously closed that series d uh that was announced earlier in the week and yeah uh, it's going to be really cool to watch where they go next isn't it i'm excited to see what they do actually yeah i'm really wondering what they need all this money for i can imagine somehow but still i'm like really 125 million <laughs> uh, well what could you do with this? Yeah, I, I was reading, um, like, you don't know how much, like, these press releases that go out around raises and stuff. A lot of them are nonsense, right? But mm-hmm. <laughs> I was reading that they were looking um, to go into, like, artificial intelligence, like, looking at more AI side. But, you know, it's a lot of money, that. So, yeah, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, we'll see, I guess. Well, I, I, my guess is more into the, that a lot of money will go into uh, convincing the enterprises uh pushing zendesk out of the market uh yeah, and, want, and service yeah. cloud of salesforce yeah they said uh, uh they, they want to be you know like the next the next salesforce as big as that so like good, good luck to well, them. Be, we'll see yeah. what they do <laughs> people have said that about us in the newspaper as well already so it doesn't mean ah, anything there yeah you go. <laughs> that, that was in belgium though so it's, oh. yeah. uh, you, you go for it you go for it why not yeah, why not? Maybe at some point. Yeah. For now, we're uh, we're taking very different positions from Salesforce. They're going after the big enterprises, and we're going after the small companies. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a totally different solution. So. Yeah, to- 
yeah, it's a big difference. I guess. What What are your ambitions actually on 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 for for receptive? Like like, where do you see it going? Um, it's. I mean, it's just getting really exciting. We're closing more and more kind of like enterprise uh, SaaS customers. Um, mm-hmm. So last year we had to learn a lot around, you know, just like legals and, and the onboarding of like the, you know, when you've got hundreds and hundreds or thousands of employees, you know, what that onboarding looks like and what the customer success journey is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still feels, it feels like we're getting a lot of really good traction, but it's it also feels like, we're just getting started, which is really exciting um, position yeah. to be in, I guess. Um, so I just like to keep keep going. We've found you know found a really nice rhythm. We've worked out how to sell. We've worked out who who to sell to because um, you don't know that stuff when you start out. No, you have to. It's it's like an evolution, isn't it, along the way? And you're learning yeah. all of the time. Um, so yeah, I just I just want to keep keep doing what we're doing and, and keep going and you know keep keep developing the the product and, and see what we can see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, but like long term, like what are you doing? What what is your your actually your, your vision like like your or mission? Um, I think that so product feedback to me like I mentioned like at the start is it's such a big opportunity and, and SaaS companies are just starting to get their head around it so it feels like we're still at the stage where there's a lot of early adopters um like going with receptive um which is like I said that's why, why it's exciting for us um but really I think I think having this product feedback solution in place it, it should be like it should be like any. It should be like so core to building a SaaS product that people don't think about it in the same way that you like. You need hosting. You need support. Product mm-hmm. feedback is such a. It's forgotten and it's managed badly um, in a lot of ways. And you know, our biggest competitor is the spreadsheet. Um, so there's a, a better way to do things. And you know, I, I would like everyone using receptive, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. What 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 are the things you're working on lately? Um, so in, in the product or like, oh, in general, what, what do you do actually? What do I do? It changes <laughs> every day. Is, is, do you find that like you end up doing all sorts? Yeah. Um, so quite recently I've, I've been overseeing like the GDPR stuff quite closely. Um, yeah. have you, have you got quite a way down the road with, with yours? Uh, yeah, I, that's actually after this call. I will continue on GDPR stuff. It's one of our priorities right now, and it falls with yeah. me. Uh, all the others get to do fun stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. That's being a founder, though, isn't it? You get everyone thinks you get to do what you want, and it's actually no. You get all the terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's a super super interesting exercise as well. It's not super. I mean, it's not something that gives me tons of energy, um, but just organizing all this in a more thoughtful way what in the end gdpr is about is 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 nice i i can see the the, the positive aspects yeah yeah me me too it's it's not yeah I, I think there's a lot of positive positive things so so i guess like you, you know i've been kind of like overseeing that other people have been doing the the kind of hard work if you like but you've know, been involved with the lawyers and just maybe overseeing the whole thing so there's been a bit of that going on yeah um, and then apart from like day to day, like to, to talk broadly, because things do change a lot, I'm mainly involved in like overseeing the marketing and working closely with uh, with sales. 
but mm-hmm. then also a lot of the more uh, like a lot of the co-marketing a lot of the partnership type things and events and speaking engagements and yeah and all that um but then i stay really close to to customer success as well I, I don't ever want to lose sight of that i still talk to customers a lot i still um will pick up the phone and do a demo now and again because i think it's really important for me right now in terms of how we develop the company and how we develop the product to stay close to the the people and the problems that we're solving yeah um so it's, it's it's quite it's quite broad so i guess because of that i have to be really careful about planning my time making sure i'm working on the right things making sure there's there's time to check in you know with the leaders of other departments um so yeah it's it's really good fun though it's it's nice doing yeah. all sorts um because what 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 does your role um span it's very similar uh from yours i mean it's it's uh I think we're in very similar stages mm-hmm. um, i'm also I'm currently um, doing lots of marketing I'm very involved with uh, the customer relationships as well the GDPR stuff uh, yeah. those are i mean i I, I also still uh, manage the product uh, so it's still uh yeah it's it's very similar to to yours I would say I'm not in a in a in a stage where I'm, um, I'm spending all my time hiring or something. We are yeah. we are still uh, looking how we can make it really uh, a growth machine. Yeah. Um, versus that we already nailed that and just add extra people. Yeah, so. yeah, and I guess the, the job evolves all the time, doesn't it? As well, depend on the stage you're at, or you know, like we were saying, something like GDPR comes in, and it's so important. Um, to the business functioning and doing a good job that it needs your attention on it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it does change an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was just um, mentioning uh, things that, that give me energy. What is it that, that gives you energy, uh, for instance? Um, I think, um, well, there's a, there's a few things. I think a big part of like keeping the energy up and staying motivated is you, you've got to, you know, you've got to enjoy what you're doing, haven't you? I really love the problem that we're solving and mm-hmm. the team. And that's a massive motivating factor for me. I think if I wasn't as into the product and what we were what we we're doing, um, that would be hard after a while. Um, I think the second big thing is um, just like getting out. I go out biking quite a lot, bike to work and yeah. back. And I find if I've biked into work, it really sets you up for the for the day um, mm-hmm. and then you know bike back home and then by the time I've got home in like you know home mode um so I think that I think that really helps and I think it can be tempting when you're really busy and you've got a lot on not to do things like that so trying to fit exercise or something into your routine can be really really helpful yeah how, how far do you do you like live from work Oh, it's not too far. It's it's like ten miles a day on the on the bike, but then I get oh, that's for, far for longer. longer ten miles is like sixteen <laughs> kilometers. Or... I don't know. Yeah, well, um, that's pretty far, if you ask it's, me. It's good. It's good fun though. It's it's nice, and you get in and you're all hyper for the rest of the day. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> what about what about you? Do you find time for that sort of thing? I started making time for that again. Uh, for a long time, I kind of abandoned this kind of things. Uh, but then your body starts disliking it. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm walking to to work at at least from from work home most of the days, and um, I'm doing sports now. I oh, used to run, but I I went to biking now. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, really, really active workouts, watching the heart rate and stuff nice. uh, to make sure I get some uh, some actual uh, physical exercise, and it gives a lot of uh, mental energy as well. I think. Yeah, it's good thinking time, isn't it? I like you know set myself up to say like while well, while I'm on on the bike going it going into work, I'll think through like what I've got on and what's important that day. Yeah. I think just having you know, there's no distractions. You haven't got a computer or a phone or it's just you and that's it. So it, mm-hmm. it's kind of helpful, I think, to, to do things like that. Yeah. If you don't start listening podcasts, of course. That is dangerous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you have two kids and, and, and a husband, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's about the plays as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's good having time with the, with with the family are doing so that. is it basically you work you bike and you're home and then you don't work or uh, how does um, that work i tend to do a lot of reading on an eve i like i've got this weird thing i can't go to sleep unless i've read i don't know why ah. <laughs> since i was a child i have to read mm-hmm. um, so i find it's a good time for for reading and you know i do talk about work quite a lot at, at home as well um but apart from that, I do try and have that separation of I'm at home now. Like, yeah. like when, the, when the kids are about, like my phone's in the top drawer and turned off and, you know, we're just doing daft things. Um, I think that's important as well because, like, you know, you mentioned the energy thing. Mm-hmm. Having, a, having a good balance brings a lot of energy to your work. Um, there's no point being tired as though it's like, if you're exhausted, not tired, but if you get yourself exhausted, it's very hard to recover from from that yeah no definitely it's uh it's always a danger i guess what, yeah. what does your what does your husband do when you're talking about work uh rolls his eyes no he doesn't <laughs> no, no 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 i mean what 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 does he do as a job um so he works in uh like energy and sustainability for a big property company so he does all sorts he does a lot on the technology side actually so looking at uh, different technologies they can put in buildings to make them more uh, energy efficient so it was a kind of project like he hooked a load of like raspberry pies up to monitor a load of energy usage so we we talk about all that all that sort of thing quite quite sounds fun at our house doesn't it (laughs) yeah yeah my my, actually my uh my father-in-law does the same thing we should maybe hook them up oh we should that's cool Who, who does he work for no, he has his own company that does this kind of installations and he really cares a lot about the sustainability side. So he's always looking for um for ways to work on it, even if the market doesn't doesn't is not super ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh he always finds a way to to get it working here and there. And that's cool. Because there's a lot of stuff, isn't there, in that industry? A lot of the the hardware and software is it, it's very it's very early days for a lot of for a yeah. lot of these technologies, and they're moving on very quickly. So it's and also people don't 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 get why they should get it. I mean, it costs money mostly. So yeah, yeah, that's the other part of his job. Really, is making those cost arguments and you know the ROI mm-hmm. uh, analysis. You know, if we put these heat pumps in this building, it's going to pay us back over X years, and in the long term, you know, the the outcome is a saving of whatever. Um, so that's the other that's the other side of it, and I think 
you know that's it's kind of like kind of like what we what we do in a lot of ways yeah it's, it's do, do you feel like like the the timing is right for receptive right now or are people still still getting getting ready to professionalize their product management yeah i think it's uh so that's a good question we, we still feel like it's early days market wise yeah. um there's quite a few like smaller companies popping up here and there mm-hmm. for like feature request management and you know customer feedback insights and this sort of thing so you know i think i think there is some traction starting together which is you know which is really exciting to see um mm-hmm. yeah I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that that's how I feel as well. We're uh, we're also currently looking to professionalize our stuff and looking at solutions. Mm-hmm. We should maybe have another look at receptive as well. It's been a while. No, anytime, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> I. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, you, you said you were based in London. Um, we're actually uh, up in Sheffield, so we're a couple of in hours. Sheffield, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is pretty nuts. Because um, like, most of our customers are are in the states. Um, although I think we've got customers in about 30, 35 countries now. Um, so we, you know, we do make a real effort to to get out and and spend time with customers. We we go over to America quite a bit. You, you fly over a lot. Yeah, I feel, a good. Yeah, we kind of go to do it between us um we've not been yet this year but but we're gonna we're gonna be over soon i think that that side of things really important for us mm-hmm. you know to spend time actually with customers and on site and that sort of thing um but it's amazing like that you can that's that's one of the the, the beautiful things about software isn't it you can create something and you can be anywhere and and sell it all over the world which is yeah kind of cool as but long as you find on? as long as you find good people in uh, in sheffield i guess yeah, oh, the the team are brilliant. Really, really lucky. Really lucky. Yeah. Um, and there's actually quite a lot of uh, of like software and technology companies and and a lot of creative industries um, in the area we work in. So, you know, that's is there a university there? Or? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of uh, a couple of big universities as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, big technology companies based here as well as One Disco, there's Skybet, all sorts. Um, Skybets, that's the betting company. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not a fan, but <laughs> <laughs> you know they work on some interesting scaling problems. But I can't say I like what they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a we have a similar thing in uh, in Belgium. We have um, I forgot the name of the company, but it's the company behind all uh, the half of the porn industry. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's actually Belgian. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So there you go, a little town in Belgium, and yeah, Sheffield. it's also it's also, it's also tech, tech industry. I mean, it's it's maybe Gosh, even yeah. the frontier of tech. So yeah, yeah, it could, yeah, you could say so in a, in a lot of ways, definitely. Starting to wrap up. Um, what's the latest good book you've read, and why did you choose to read it? Oh, I'm a bit terrible with books because. If I'm reading for work stuff, it, it tends to be like blog posts and all that. No, not necessarily work, just general. Yeah, generally. Oh my gosh, I read anything and anything and all sorts. Um, oh my gosh, I, I read it. It's a bit embarrassing. I'm reading this really weird, um, like series about this lawyer based in London in like uh, the times of Henry VIII at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> But any, honestly, read anything and, and everything. It's I, 
so I'll, I'll have to think about which book business book would be um that's like kind of businessy thing I read was uh play bigger which is all about category design about uh, what design category design so category it's, design yeah so it's about um you know saying about receptive and, and where it is in in terms of the market and you know mm-hmm. just early or, or whatever category design is about you like owning the positioning and and giving a name okay. to, to kind of what what you do mm-hmm. um, and that's a really interesting book like it, i've taken a lot away from that one I, I really enjoyed it it was it was good yeah because what you're, you? what you're basic you? you're basically building out a cat- category yeah yeah exactly exactly so i recommend that one about me, I think I, I, I probably shared it on a few other talks as well already. Uh, maybe another one. Uh, oh, the, the Black Swan was pretty good uh, up till some point. I don't know when you, whether you read it. Um, it's about how um, looking back, uh, people look at history and they connect things. While when it actually happens, it wasn't all that connected, like causally connected. Like the one thing didn't actually so logically uh, uh, make the other thing happen uh, because there are so many factors. And when we look back, uh, we start ignoring all these little factors here and there, uh, which is a um, a really interesting way of looking at things. Um, because it, it makes you realize that you do that actually every day, mm-hmm. uh, not just looking at history, but that you look back and you connect things in a way that makes sense for your brain right now, but it didn't actually happen because of that reason. It's just you rationalizing things. Yeah. Which is a natural thing to do, isn't it? You yeah, definitely. Makes you feel safe and in control of things, I guess. If you do Exactly. That. But when you, when you, uh, when you understand this it does help you in some ways not to get some kind of weird bias on things ah, i will look that one up thank you yeah it, it it gets it gets a bit repetitive after um i think about 150 200 pages uh you just summarize the rest of it then i'll read the, i'll read the first of the rest of it is uh, goes goes more into details uh, i i summarize the book basically Perfect. I will go with that. Last question. Uh, If you were to start all over again, what would you have done differently? I would have tracked down and found Ali Mahan, who is our director of customer success. Mm -hmm. If I ever had to start a business again, it would be with Dan and Ali. So Dan's my current Mm co-founder. And, um, and Ali has become, we hired, she came to work with us maybe how, maybe when we were nearly a year in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has just become, she's like, the th- she's the third founder. Um, she's brought so, so much to this business from the customer success point of view. Um, so there's, there's no way if I started over again, I'd do it without, um, you know, have, having her there because it's, it's just brought the company on so much. Yeah. It's all about the team for you. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is, it is so all about tea. I've made, you know, a few wrong hires along the way and the impact that has uh, not just on you and the business, but on like the team around you as well. You don't realize often how, you know, someone who's not a great fit has an impact on, on everyone around them as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's what I do differently. I'd get, get three, three co-founders and and kind of go from there. Cool. Thank you for being on Founder Coffee. It's uh, it's really great to have you. I've enjoyed it. Did you finish your coffee? I think I've got a bit left. It's gone cold. <laughs> uh, mine, is, mine is finished, yeah. Oh, well done, you. <laughs> no, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Founder Coffee. We hope you liked it. Let the world know if you did. Thanks for listening, guys.